Greetings, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. We find ourselves at a home now in Los Angeles. Flown in with a great vacation of seven days. And uh, we just came home to fill up, have a pit stop, fill gas up, and keep going on vacation probably for another week or so. Headed in the other direction. Now we're going to the desert. We pray in Jesus' name. So welcome to today's podcast. Let us open with a moment of silence followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back to today's reading. Uh, we're going to be reading, uh, I'm going to be reading yesterday's reading, which is uh, October 28th and today the 29th of Limitless Love, which is our university on wheels. You know, this is the same thing that they teach you at the University of uh, Christian College. You go for four years. Uh, it's no different, folks. So we are learning it for free. I'm getting a benefit of reading for myself, and you're having a benefit of listening and pondering for yourself. When God has a good time, this is by Gloria Copeland, Limitless Love. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Psalm 35, 27. Let the Lord be magnified which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Don't let let anyone make you feel bad for stepping out in faith and believing for, for God to bless you. Don't let people put you down for standing on God's promises and looking to him to put food on your table, money in your bank account, and provide for you all that you need to do every good work He has called you to do. God isn't insulted by that. He isn't offended that you would expect that of Him. Other people might be, but He isn't. God is honored when you believe His word. He is pleased by it because your faith opens the door for Him to do good things for you. He loves you, so He takes pleasure in prospering you. I decided a long time ago that I wanted God to get plenty of enjoyment out of me. I decided I will keep on believing Him for prosperity in every area of my life. That way He could have a really good time. He can. Of course, the devil has pressured me and tried to talk me out of it every step of the way. He's brought me circumstances and trials designed to make me doubt God's faithfulness and love. He's tried again and again to make me give up and quit. He'll do the same thing to you. Why? Because he knows that if he can't can't make you doubt the love of God and stop you from believing his promises, you'll end up with a testimony that will inspire faith in others, people around you, You will see God's love at work in your life, and they'll start trusting Him too.
Years ago, when I first read in the Bible that God would take care of me, it didn't look like I would ever be a threat to the devil. When I began to believe God for grocery money and other basics of life, I didn't know my fate would ever affect anyone but me. But in the years since, Ken and I have had the opportunity to tell thousands of people about God's love and faithfulness. We share the stories of what God has done and is still doing for us. Don't you know the devil hates that? But then, who cares what he thinks? God is the one who wants to please. God is the one we want to please. He is the one we love, and he loves to prosper us. So let's just keep on believing his word. Let's bless him by letting him bless us. That way we all have a wonderful time. You know, I read uh, last night as we flown home with um, Hawaiian Airlines over here, I had the opportunity either to uh, to try to listen to a movie. I didn't see a movie I liked, so I read the book of Hebrews in Spanish. And that's what, basically, that's what it said. It said the devil's going to try to keep you from moving forward with God. The promises in the book of Hebrew were extraordinary. It says, uh, you know, it says that God will take care of you. God will provide for you. Don't fret. Uh, and then explain a lot that the enemy is going to try to talk you out of it. So those of us who have the Holy Spirit in us and we have the light of God in us, it's really easy for us to go forward on this. You know, if the word prosperity offends you, you know, all it's saying is that the words you're listening to are taking root and are flying and are causing them to grow. That's all the word prosperity is. It's a word into uh, produce. You know, planting seeds and taking a harvest. You know, if you say, uh, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, you can send that to everyone around you and you yourself will get infected by those words and guess what's going to happen? Uh, the words of good are going to grow in your life. They're going to grow in my life. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Amen. You know, Hawaiian Airlines was just an amazing We've been maybe five, six times, five times in that airlines. Uh, but last night was a little different. Very high class. They had music playing in the background. The announcer, the I guess it was the co-pilot that was coming on. It was very kind, very instructive, very helpful in their words. Uh, they played music as we were uh, coming out of the airplane, as we were waiting in there. Um, it was very pleasant. The, uh, the stewardess were up and down. And by the way, they do have uh, a special right now if you want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> they have a credit card if you use it because of COVID. If you use it on any purchase, you can go online and get it. Uh, if you use it for any purchase, they'll give you 60,000 miles, which is enough for a round trip for two, right? Uh, what's that? What's that? Okay. No, that's to get another twenty thousand. Right. Okay.
okay, but a total 80,000 miles. But you'll get, if your first purchase, you'll get 60,000 miles, even if it's 99 cents, correct? Right. And then you qualify for a flight, right? Pretty much. 60,000 will get you at least one round trip, maybe even one and a half. 60,000 will give you one round trip or one and a half to Hawaii. So that's been our story. And we haven't, folks, what what is our balance on our, on our cards right now? How much do we owe? About six thousand. We owe six thousand on a card. I was just asking how much does it cost us to go on use use the card. Oh, it's about uh, eight, 1900 Nineteen hundred. Yeah. That's what we have in vacation costs. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. I'm not the accountant. My point was is that. We don't go crazy with yes, exactly. Cars. That's it's correct. That's what I was trying to get. It's kind of early. We only slept about three hours. I go to sleep at two thirty. I was up at six thirty. Four hours should be enough. What's the matter with me? Okay. The um, the point I'm making is, what's the web page, please? Um, Hawaiian. HawaiianAirlines.com to provide for their card. Okay, let's keep on going on here. Uh, thank you so much for your patience. Our next one is October 29th. Limitless love and glory again. The best way to bless the Lord, she says. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Genesis 6, 5-6, 8-9. New American Standard. Once you begin to understand how much God loves you, your love for him will naturally increase. You'll want to give to him and bless him. You'll want to do all that you can to express your affection and gratitude to the one who has done so much for you. But what can you give to God, who is already the creator and possessor of everything? How can you bless the source of all blessings? You can walk with him by faith. You can be one of those rare people who honors him by believing what he says and stand fast on his word. And when it contradicts what it is seen in the natural world, despite the taunts of the devil and the criticism of skepticism, this person says, I believe my heavenly father. I have his word on and I will trust it no matter what happens. I will not let it go. That's the kind of man Noah was when God told him a flood was coming and instructed him to build the ark. No one had ever seen rain before. The earth had always been watered from beneath. So when Noah began to preach about the coming flood and prepared it for by constructing the boat the size of a football field, no doubt people laughed at him. They probably made fun of crazy old Noah and labeled him a fanatic. Year after year went by and Noah kept building. There were probably no storm clouds in the sky either. No indication in the natural world that what God had said would ever come to pass. 
But Noah wasn't moved by that. He just kept believing and obeying God. The rest of the world was in the dark. But when the flood came, Noah and his family weren't in the dark. They were in the ark. They weren't in the ark dark. They were in the ark. If you truly love the Lord, that's what the way you'll live. When you see something in his word, you obey it in faith. When you read, for example, that God loves a cheerful, generous, prompt-to-doer giver and rewards them with abundance, you won't stop giving just because your bank balance doesn't skyrocket overnight. You'll just keep acting on the word and trusting the Lord. You'll do it because you love him. You'll do it because you believe in him. You'll do it because you want to bless him. He appreciates it too. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro throughout the earth looking for someone like that. He found one in Noah and you'll truly love him. He will find one in you. And thank you very much for today's reading. God bless you. The blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Go, trust in the Lord and prosper. Amen. Have faith in Christ Jesus. In Him we put our confidence. That's what the book of Hebrews talked all about, is putting our confidence, our trust in Jesus, that He's our forerunner. He was tempted by the devil. He resisted. That's why we thank God when temptation comes, because that means we surrender and we don't do it with our strength. God comes in and takes care of us. God comes in. You know, when we are weak, He is mighty and strong. So you just praise Him, thank Him. Even if you fail, you'll act like it was a good thing. You praise Him and thank Him. There's no remorse, no morbid reflection. Just follow directions. Praise and thank Him for all situations. Take care now. I love you. Give Him heaven. Greetings, everyone. Let us go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, Right now, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stay sober. There are no dues or fees for a... Okay, I'll stop right there. This this is a personal recording. It's my own opinions of how I came through Alcoholics Anonymous and came out on the other side fully clothed in my right mind, by the grace of God, thanking Him. Today, it gives me great opportunity and pleasure to bring you uh, a couple of readings of uh, our meditation books. The first one is the 24-hour Little Vade meditation book for October 29th. A8 thought for the day. My relationship with my children have greatly improved. 
Those children who saw me drunk and were ashamed, those children who turned away in fear and even loathing has seen me sober like me, have turned me in confidence, turned to me in confidence and trust and have forgotten the past as they, as best they could. They have given me a chance for companionship that I had completely missed. I am their father now, not just the person that mom or dad married and God knows why. <laughs> I am part of my home now. Have I found something like that I have lost? I'm Fernando, an alcoholic. Yes, my children have trusted me with my grandchildren to take them to McDonald's. My children have trusted me with uh, uh, with their resources. The children have trusted me and allowed me to be back into their and have forgiven me. You know, I, w- I was responsible when I was out there drinking. I threw the kids in the back of the pickup truck and I noticed that me drinking and hauling around town with a bunch of nine, eight-year-old kids and a bunch of, from the uh, eight or nine of them, all my, my f- kids' friends in back of the pickup truck, that one of them may fall off, and I'm drinking. So I w- did the responsible thing. I, I had a custom little uh, housing back there put in, which was, a, I guess, like um, a covering, a little trailer covering, what do you call it? Hey, I just came in from Hawaii last night, so I had about three hours of sleep, three hours of sleep. Um, I spent $800 on putting a little cover in the back of the uh, of the pickup truck that I can throw all the kids in there and lock them up, you know, and take them up to the snow, take them to the beach, take them to the show. But the only problem is I was still drinking. I would take them to the show down Hollywood and put them all in there, and I would lose them. Then I had to go in there and start yelling like a madman, trying to find the kids until I found them. And um, anyway, I'm good today. I'm good. That was my story years ago. (laughs) Meditation for today. Our true measure of success in life is the measure of spiritual progress that we have revealed in our lives. Others should be able to see a demonstration of God's will in our lives. The measure of His will that those around us have seen worked out in their, in our daily living is the measure of true success. We can do our best to be a demonstration each day for the power of God in human lives, an example of the working of that grace of God in the hearts of men and women. In other words, our true measure of success in life is the measure of spiritual progress we, that we have revealed in our lives. Others should be able to see a demonstration of God's will in our lives. The measure of His will that those around us have seen work out in our daily lives in the measure of our, is the measure of our true success. We can do our best to be a demonstration each day of the power of God in human lives and an example of the working out of the grace of God in the hearts of men and women. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may see, I pray that I may so live that others will see in me something of the working of the will of God. 
I pray that my life will be a demonstration of the grace of God or what God can do. Wow. In our literature, it says that... um, In our literature, it says that God... Our success is God's success in AA literature. Any success that we're having is God's success. And that's so true. I told you about my drinking. And that was about the early 80s, late 70s that I did that. Long, long time ago. So I had to really think about that. Um, So there, there you go. Going uh, in association with AA for almost 40 years. And really... uh, Concentrated now, going on 28 years, true concentration of uh, of being of help. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and read today's uh, daily reflection. Let's re- let's start our day over again. How about if we start our meditation session over again? Okay, let's do this. Let's start it off with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Daily Reflections, October 29th. Our Survival. Since recovery from alcoholism is life itself to us, it is imperative that we preserve in full strength our means of survival. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 177. It is imperative that we preserve in full strength our means of survival. The honest expression by members of AA in meetings have the power to open my mind Nothing can block the flow of energy that honesty can carry with it. The only obstacle to this flow of energy is inebriation, drunkenness. But even then, no one will find a closed door if he or she has been and and chosen to return. When he or she has received the gift of sobriety, AA, each AA member is challenged on a daily basis to accept a program of honesty. Wow. My higher power created me for a purpose in life. I ask him to accept my honesty, my honest effort to continue on my journey and the in the spiritual way of life. I call on him for strength to know and seek his will. I'm Fernando Alcoholic, and in conclusion for me is the, uh, is the ability to read. Like I said, someone told me I wasn't going to make it in this AA world or anything else if I didn't read six hours a day. So, me reading it to myself that I can future listen to this is extraordinary to me <clears throat> and I can continue on a daily basis uh, shoot for that mark of six hours that's <clears throat> what my objective is 
I can be with motorcycles, cars, um, football, baseball. But I choose to be to the way I was challenged about 30 years ago. The guy said, you're not going to make it unless you reach six hours a day. And this guy had everything I wanted. Had the good, tall-looking girl hanging on to himself. He had a suit, and he was the speaker for the meeting. And I guess, <clears throat> I think he didn't like my, uh, my body language. I had worked all day driving truck. There was a seminar going on, a speaker, and I went to <clears throat> a faraway town, and I was so tired that I, I just slumped in the front. There's usually one seat in the front, if you look for it, open. So I went to that seminar, and I sat there in, in my body language. I must have been discussing this guy, because when I talk and I see people slumping, like they don't act like they're not uh, caring or listening to my message, it just bugs you. Lazy people bug people. That's in the Bible. If you got a lazy person sleeping, it just it ferociously gets you angry. And that's a fact. So he, him and his wife, they were talking to me. I just sat in a crowd of people, and he just looked at me. And he said, you know, he tells me, somebody told me that I wasn't going to make it if I didn't read six hours a day. And then he told me, I'm telling you, you're not going to make it in this program if you don't read six hours a day. What? I never really remember his name, but he sure changed my life. So I'm telling you, listener, you ain't going to make it if you don't read six hours a day or at least attempt to read six hours a day. And you give it your honest effort. Words are the only ones that are going to change us, to go inside of us and recalibrate our word system so we can respond properly to this world, to these problems, to fun and adventure. Anyway, that's my opinion, and there's nothing I can do to change it. Thank you for listening. All right, moving on here. We're going to read From Faith to Faith by Kenneth and Gloria Copeland for today. October 29 says, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Gloria goes on to say, Hopelessness, as this age draws to a close, that's a feeling that's going to be more and more common among the people of this world. But you know, it's something we, as believers, never have to feel. Because no matter how much pressure comes on the earth, no matter how dark the natural circumstances around us are, 
we know that we have hope in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something we forget sometimes, we get out of our attention focused so intently on the natural things of this life that we lose sight, that hope, that hope and get caught up in that hopelessness around us. But we don't have to do, we don't have to let that happen. A friend, of, a friend of mine once met a born-again Arab woman in the Middle East who was living proof of that. The woman was caught in a life most of us would consider almost unbearable. She was living in a war zone that had been torn by violence. She faced the dangers of bombs and bullets every day. Now that Arab woman had no hope in the natural Her country was being destroyed around her. She had to go to Israel to work and get money for her family because there was no jobs where she was. No way to make money. Things around her seemed to be going from bad to worse. But she told my friend she had hope because she knew that Jesus was coming back for her. And that hope kept her going. So... If you're feeling hopeless, get your eyes off this world and get them on the soon return of Jesus. Not only will that raise your spirits, the Bible says it will purify you. It will cause you to live uprightly, to separate you from the sin and failure of the world around you. It will lift you into the joy and victory of God. Think about it. It will lift you into the joy and victory of God. Think about this. When this old world comes to an end, you and I will just be getting started. We'll be stepping into the most glorious life we ever known. The people of the world may look back wishfully and wish for better days gone by. But for you and me, the best is yet to come. So we can shout hallelujah in the midst of trouble and say with the Apostle John, even so, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Additional reading is Revelations chapter 21, chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. All right. Now for further reading. We're going to read uh, Psalms, the book of Psalms, 149. How about that? Way over there, 149. It talks about the victory that we have in Jesus and what he's accomplished, and the bounty we need to go out, and how to get that bounty of a war that we've been victorious over through Jesus Christ. Let me read it in a translation that will bring it home. Amplified Bible. Psalm 149, 
Israel invoked to praise the Lord. Or, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, and praise Him in the congregation of His godly ones, believers. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let Zion's children rejoice in their King. Let them praise His name with dancing. Let them sing praises to Him with the tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the godly ones exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute out them the judgment written. This is the honor for all the godly ones. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to take the privilege right now and read it in the in other translations just to bring you home the, uh, the opportunity and, and impact of the bounty or the stimulus packages we need to go out there and collect. We need to shut the mouth of lions, of devils, and take the gold and the silver that they have taken from God's people so we can use it. Okay, this is the Message Bible. It says, Hallelujah, sing to God a brand new song. Praise Him in the company of all who love Him. Let all Israel celebrate their sovereign creator. Zion's children exult in their king. Let them praise His name and dance. Strike up the band and make great music. And why? Because God delights in His people. Festoons plain folk with salvation garlands. Let true seekers of God break out in praise. Sing out from wherever they're sitting. Shout the high praises of God. Brandish their sword in the wild sword dance. A portent of vengeance on the God-defying nations. A signal that punishment is coming. Their kings chained and hauled off to jail. Their leaders behind bars for good. The judgment on them carried out to the letter. And all who love God in the seat of honor. Hallelujah. In other words, I, Fernando, say, the, when you praise and you worship Jesus Christ and you say, thank you, God, uh, the victory has already been proclaimed in the letter. Okay? It's already established in the letter. So, I, you know, the... The words will take place because they're not our words. There's God's creative words. We're just following through. We're seeing, saying what the master, victorious warrior, king of kings and lord of lords had accomplished for us. This is the New Living Testament. It says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your Maker. O people of Jerusalem, exalt in your King. Praise His name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in His people. Excuse me. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that He honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouth and a sharp sword in their hands. 
to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains, to execute the judgment written against them. Okay, This is the glorious privileges of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. My goal is to deliver home to you the awesome privilege of being born again and having effective tools to triumph. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation and then we'll look to see what else we can read here. The Passion Translation calls it triumphant praise. Triumphant praise. Here we go. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's time to sing to God a brand new song so that all his holy people will hear how wonderful he is. May Israel be enthused with joy because of him. And may the sons of Zion pour out their joyful praises to their king. Break forth with dancing. Make music and sing God's praises with the rhythm of drums. For he enjoys his faithful lovers. He adorns the humble with his beauty. And he loves to give them victory. His godly lovers triumph in the glory of God. And their joyful praises will rise even while others sleep. God's high and holy praises fill their mouth for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. For their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warrior, these warring weapons will bring vengeance on the nations and every resistance power. To bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment decree against their enemies. This is the honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's obvious if I'm having trouble with uh, finances, relationships, my attitude, I'm down in the mouth or got, you know, discouragement, I'm not fighting back. You don't fight people around you. You fight in the spirit. You praise the Lord and you activate his victory by triumphantly praising Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, thy will be done. I praise you, Jesus. We worship you. We give you thanks and thanksgiving. And on the background through the day, we sing Maranatha songs, praise and worship songs even classic songs and singing to the Lord will honor God and we fight devils and solutions come. Takes work, huh? Well, thank God for those of us who love to work, we're getting art stimulus our bounty. Reading of Psalm 119. Let's go ahead and stay with the Passion Translation. The words of God, the way of happiness. 
You're only truly happy when you walk in total integrity, walking in the light of God's word. What joy overwhelms everyone who keeps the ways of God. Those who seek him as their heart's passion. They'll never do what's wrong, but we will always choose the path of the Lord. God has prescribed the right way to live, obeying his laws with all our hearts. How I long for my life to bring you glory as I follow each and every one of your holy precepts. Then I'll never be ashamed for I take strength from all your commandments. I will give my thanks to you from a heart of love and truth. And every time I learn more of your righteous judgments, I will be faithful to all your word reveals, to all that your word reveals. So don't ever give up on me. Now, the first category of eight verses was the way of happiness. The second category is called true joy. Verses 9 through 16. How can a young man stay pure? Only by living in the word of God and walking in his truth. I have longed for you with the passion of my heart. Don't let me stray from your directions. I consider your word to be my greatest treasure, and I treasure it in my heart to keep me from committing sins, treasons against you. My wonderful God, you are to be praised above all. Teach me the power of your decrees. I speak continually of your laws as I recite out loud your counsel to me. I speak continually of your laws as I recite out loud your counsel to me. I find more joy in the following what you tell me to do than in chasing after all the wealth of the world. I set my heart on your precepts and pay close attention to all of your ways. My delight is found in all of your laws and I won't forget to walk in your words. Let me, your servant, walk in abundance of life, that I may always live to obey your truth. This category is called the abundant life, verses 17 through 24, the abundant life. Let me, your servant, walk in abundance of life, that I may always live to obey your truth. Open my eyes to see the miracle wonders of hidden in Scripture. My life on earth is so brief, so tutor me in the ways of your wisdom. I am continually consumed by these irresistible longings, these cravings to obey your every commandment. Your displeasure rests with those who are arrogant, who think they know everything. They rebuke the rebellious who refuse your law. You rebuke the rebellious who refuse your laws. Don't let them mock and scorn me for obeying you. For even if the princes of my, and my leaders choose to criticize me, I will continue to serve you and walk in your plans for my life. 
Your commandments are my counselors. Your word is my light and the light. The next category, the eight verses, it says, is revive by the word. Dalet. Lord, I'm facing the way. Lord, I am fading away. I'm discouraged and lying in the dust. Revive me by your word, just like you promised you would. I poured out my life before you, and you've always been there for me. So now I ask, teach me more of your holy decrees. Open up my understanding to the ways of your wisdom, and I will meditate deeply on your splendor and your wonders. My life's strength melts away with grief and sadness. Come, strengthen me and encourage me with your words. Keep me far away from what is false. Give me grace to stay true to your laws. I've chosen to obey your truth and walk in the splendor light of all that you teach me. Lord, don't allow me to make a mess of my life, for I cling to your commands and follow them as closely as I can. I will run after you with delight in my heart, for you will make me obedient in your instructions. The next category is understanding God's way. Verses 33 to 40. Give me a revelation about the meaning of your ways so that I can enjoy the rewards of following them fully. Give me an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. Guide me into the path that pleases you, for I take delight in all that you do say. Cause my heart to bow before your words of wisdom and not to the wealth of this world. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your path. Reassure me of your promises, for I am your beloved, your servant who bows before you. Defend me from the criticism I face for keeping your beautiful words. See how I long with cravings for more of your ways. Let the righteous revive my heart. Trust in the Lord. Verses 41 to 48. May your tender love overwhelm me, O Lord, for you are my Savior and you keep your promises. I always have an answer to those who mock me because I trust in your word. May I never forget your truth, for I really, I rely upon your precepts. I will observe your laws every moment of the day and will never forget the words you say. I will walk with you in complete freedom, for I seek to follow your every command. When I stand before kings, I will tell them the truth and will never be ashamed. My passion and delight is in your word, for I love what you say to me. I long for more revelation of your truth, for I love the light of your words. I meditate on your decrees. Next category, my comfort. Verses 49 to 56. 
Lord, never forget the promises you made to me, for they are my hope and confidence. In all of my affliction, I find great comfort in your promises, for they have kept me alive. No matter how bitterly the proud mockers speak against me, I refuse to budge from your precepts. Your revelation light is eternal. I'm encouraged every time I think about your truth. Whenever I see the wicked breaking your laws, I feel horrible. As I journey through life, I put all your statues to music. They become the theme of my joyous song. Throughout the night, I think of you, dear God. I treasure your every word to me. All this joy is mine as I follow your ways. My heart is devoted to you. You are my satisfaction, Lord, and all that I need, so I'm determined to do everything you say. With all my heart, I seek your favor. Pour out your grace on me as you promise. When I realize that I'm going astray, I turn back to obey your instructions. Okay, the next category is my heart is devoted to you. With all my heart, I seek your favor. Pour out your grace on me as you promise. When I realize that I'm going astray, I turn back to obey your instructions. I give my all to follow your revelation light. I will not delay to obey. Even when temptation encircles me with evil, I won't forget for a moment to follow your commands. In the middle of the night, I wake to give thanks to you because all of your revelation light is so right and true. Anyone who loves you and bows in obedience to your words will be my friend. Give me more revelation of your ways, for I see your love and tender care everywhere. Our next category is My True Treasure, verse 65. Your extravagant kindness to me makes me want to follow your words even more. Teach me how to make good decisions and give me revelation light, for I believe in your commands. Before I was humble, I used to always wander astray, but now I see the wisdom in your words. Everything you do is beautiful, flowing from your goodness. Teach me the power of your wonderful words. Proud boasters make up lies about me because I am passionate to follow all that you say. Their hearts are dull and void of feelings, but I find my true treasure in your truth. The punishment you brought me through was the best thing that could have happened to me, for it taught me your ways. The words you speak to me are worth more than all the riches and wealth in the whole world. Our next category is growth through the word. Your very hand has held me and made me who I am. Give me more revelation light so I may learn to please you more. May all your devoted lovers see how you treat me and be glad. For your words are entwined within my heart. Lord, I know that your judgments are always right. Even when it's me you judge, you're still faithful and true. Send your kindness, mercy kiss to comfort me, your servant, just like you promised you would. 
Love me tenderly so that I can go on, for I delight in your life-giving truth. Shame upon the proud liars. See how they oppress me, all because of my passion for your precepts. May all your devoted lovers follow me as I follow the path of your instructions. Make me passionate and wholehearted to fulfill your every wish, so that I'll never have to be ashamed of myself. Our next category is Deliver Me, starting with verse 81. I'm lovesick with yearnings for more of your salvation, for my heart is entwined with your word. I'm consumed with longing for your promise, so I ask, when will they all come true? My soul feels dry and shriveled, useless and forgotten, but I will never forget your living truth. How much longer must I wait until you punish my persecutors, for I am your loving servant? Arrogant men who have hate your truth and never obey your laws have laid a trap for my life. Little know that everything you say is true, so they harass me with their lies. Help me, Lord. They nearly destroyed my life, but I refuse to yield. I still live according to your word. Revive me with your tender love and spare my life by your kindness, and I will continue to obey you. Our next category, starting with verse 89, is faith in the Word of God. Standing firm in the heavens and fastened to eternity is the Word of God. Your faithfulness flows from one generation to the next. All that you created sits firmly in place to testify of you. By your decrees, everything stands at attention, for all that you have made serves you. By your decrees, everything stands at attention, for all that you have made serves you. Verse 92, because your words are my deepest delight, I didn't give up when all else was lost. I can never forget the profound revelations you taught me, for they have kept me alive more than once. Lord, I'm all yours, and you are my Savior. I have sought to live my life pleasing you. Even those evil men wait in ambush to kill me. I will set my heart before you to understand more of your ways. I've learned that there is nothing perfect in this imperfect world except your words. For they bring such fantastic freedom into my life. Our next category is, I love the Word of God, starting with verse 97. Oh, how I love and treasure your law. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies, for I take seriously everything you say. You have given me more understanding than those who teach me, for I observe your eye-opening revelation. You have 
graced me with more insight than the old sages because I have not failed to walk in the light of your ways. I refused to bend my morals when temptation was before me so that I could become obedient to your word. I refused to turn away from difficult truth for your, yourself has taught me to love your words. How sweet are your living promises to me, sweeter than honey in your revelation light. For your truth is the source of my understanding, not the falsehood of those who don't know you, which I despise. Our next category is truth's shining light, starting verb. Famous verse 119, verse 105. Verse 105. Truth, shining light, guides me in my choice and decisions. Truth, shining light, guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. To live my life by your righteous rules have been my holy and lifelong commitment. I'm bruised and broken, overwhelmed by it all. Breathe life into me again by your living word. Lord, receive me gratefully. Thanks and teach me. Lord, receive my grateful thanks and teach me more of how to please you. Even though my life hangs in the balance, I'll keep following what you taught me no matter what. The ungodly have their best to throw me off track. The ungodly have done their best to throw me off track, but I'll not deviate from what you told me to do. Everything you speak to me is like joyous treasure, filling my heart with gladness. I have determined in my heart to obey whatever you say, fully and forever. Verse 113, trust and obey. I despise those who can't keep commitments, for I passionately love your revelation light. You're my place of quiet retreat and wraparound presence. Becomes my shield as I wrap myself in your word. Go away, leave me, all you workers of wickedness, for you can't stop me from following every command of my God. Lord, strengthen my inner being by the promise of your word so that I may live faithful and unashamed for you. Lift lift me up and I will be safe. Empower me to live every moment in the light of your ways. Lord, you reject those who reject your laws. For they fool no one but themselves. The wicked are thrown away, discarded, and valueless. That's why I will keep loving all of your laws. My people, my body trembles in holy awe of you, leaving me speechless, for I am frightened of your righteous judgments. I will follow your ways, verse 121. Don't lead me to the mercies of those who hate me, for I live to do what is just and fair. Let me hear your promises of blessing over my life, breaking me 
from free from the proud oppressors. As I love sick lover, as I yearn for more of your salvation and for your virtuous promises, as a love sick lover. Let me feel your tender love, for I am yours. Give me more understanding of your wonderful ways. I need more revelation from your word to know more about you, for I am in love with you. Lord, the time has come for you to break through, for evil men keep breaking your laws. Truly, your message of truth means more to me than a vault filled with the purest gold. Every word you speak, every truth reveal is always right and beautiful to me, for I hate what is phony or false. I long to obey you, starting with verse 129. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Your marvelous words are living miracles. No wonder I long to obey everything you say. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. I open my mouth and inhale the word of God because I crave the revelation of your commands. Turn your heart to me, Lord, and show me your grace like you do to every one of your godly lovers. Prepare before me a path filled with your promises and don't allow even one sin to have dominion over me. Rescue me from the oppression of ungodly men so that I can keep all your precepts. Smile on me, your loving servant. Instruct me in what is right in your eyes when I witness the rebellion the rebellion is breaking your laws it makes me weep uncontrollably our next category is his word is true starting at verse 137 Lord, your judgments reveal your righteousness and your verdict are always fair. The motive behind your every word is pure and your teachings are remarkably faithful and true. I've been consumed with a furious passion to do what is right. All because of your way, my enemies disrespect your laws. All your promises glow with fire. That's why I'm a lover of your word even though I am considered insignificant and despised by the world, I'll never abandon your ways. Your righteousness has no end. It is everlasting. And your rule are perfectly fair. Your rules. Even though my trouble overwhelms me with anguish, I still delight and cherish every message you speak to me. Give me more revelation so that I can live for you. For nothing is more pure and eternal than your truth. Save me, God. Verse 146. Answer me patient, passionate, 
prayer. Answer my passionate prayer, O Lord, and I'll obey everything you say. Save me, God, and I'll follow your every instruction. Before the day dawns, I'll be crying out for help and wrapping your words into my life. I lie awake every night pondering your promises to me. Lord, listen to my heart's cry, for I know your love is real to, for me. Breathe life into me again by the revelation of your justice. Here they come. The lawless rebels are coming near, but they are all so far away from your laws. God, you are near me always, so close to me. Every one of your commands reveals truth, and I know all along how truth and unchanging is every word you speak established forever. Breathe life into me again, starting with verse 153. Look upon all my misery and come to me to be my hero, to rescue me. For I will never forget what you revealed to me. Take my sight and defend me in these sufferings. Redeem me and revive me, just like you promised you would. The wicked are so far from salvation, for they could not care less about your message of truth. Your tender mercies are what I need, O God. Give me back my life again through the revelation of your judgments. I have so many enemies who persecute me, yet I won't swerve from following your ways. I grieve when I see how the faithless ones live, for they just walk away from your promises. Lord, see how much I truly love your instructions, so in your tender kindness breathe life into me again. The sum total of all of your words adds up to absolute truth. And every one of your righteous decrees is everlasting. Our next category is called Devoted to God's Word, starting on verse 164. The powerful elite have persecuted me without a cause. But my heart trembles in awe because of your miracle words. Your promises are the source of my bubbling joy. The revelation of your word thrills me like one who has discovered hidden treasure. I despise every lie and hate every falsehood, for I am passionate about keeping your precepts. I stop to praise you seven times a day. All because your ways are perfect. There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word. And they will never be offended. Lord, I'm loving, I'm longing for more of your salvation. For I want to do what pleases you. My love for you always is indescribable and my innermost being I want to follow them perfectly I will keep your instructions and follow your counsel 
All my ways are an open book before you. I want to follow you, starting with verse 169. Lord, listen to my prayer. It's like a sacrifice I bring to you. I must have more revelation of your word. Take my words to heart when I ask you, Lord. Rescue me, just like you promised. I offer you my joyous praise for all that you have taught me. Your wonderful words will become my song of worship, for everything you commanded is perfect and true. Place your hand of strength and favor upon me, for I made my choice to follow your ways. I wait for your deliverance, O Lord, for your words thrill me like nothing else. Invigorate me in my life so that I can promise you even more. And may your truth be my strength. I'll never forget what you taught me, Lord. But when I wander off and lose my way, come after me, for I am your beloved. Welcome. Let's go ahead and get started. We're reading the King James Bible. We're trying to... Well, we are about to put the whole book of John together, and we're reading one chapter at a time as the days go by. Whenever I get a chance, I remember what chapter I'm in, and then I go ahead and read it. King James, chapter 11 of John. Now... A certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, the whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days till in the same place where he was. Then after that said to his disciples, Let us go into Judah again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and go thou tither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumble at night, because he sees the light of the world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumble it, because there is no light in him. These things he said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. 
Albeit Jesus spoke in his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been there, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had said so, said she went away. She went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and called it for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave, it was a cave and a stone laid upon it. Jesus said, Take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead for ye days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou shalt wouldest believe thou wouldest see the glory of God then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank thee that thou hast heard me 
And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he that had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. The many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. They gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees of council and said, What do we do? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both of them, both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us the one man should die for the people and the whole nation perished not. And this spoke he not of himself, but being high priest, that year he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but that also he should gather together in, in one of the children of God that were scattered abroad. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think you that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. Yes, sir. Reading from page 544, Freedom from Bondage. Young, when she joined this AA, believes her serious drinking was the result of even deeper defects. She here tells how she was set free. Let's go ahead and pray the uh, serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Can we take a page each or what? We take a couple of paragraphs? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Two, three paragraphs. That'd be great. Let me go ahead and say the set aside prayer, please. Lord, Lord, help me to set aside everything I think I know about you. Everything I think I know about myself. 
Everything I think I know about others and everything I think I know about recovery, my own, for a new experience in you, Lord, for a new experience in myself, for a new experience in my fellow man and a much needed experience in my recovery. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that prayer. Okay, we'll go ahead and start with um, 544. <laughs> Freedom from bondage. The mental twist that had led up to my drinking began many years before I ever took a drink. For I am one of those whose history proves conclusively that my drinking was a symptom of a deeper trouble. Through my efforts to get down to cause and, and conditions, I stand convinced that my emotion, my emotional illness has been pres present from my earliest recollection. I never did react normally to any emotional situation. The medical profession would probably tell me I was conditioned for alcoholism by the things that happened to me in my childhood. And I am sure they would be right as far as they go. But AA has taught me I am the result of the way I reacted to what happened to me as a child. What is much more important to me, AA has taught me that through this simple program, I may experience a change in this reaction pattern that will indeed allow me to match calamity with serenity. Go ahead, Kimberly. <clears throat> I am an only child, and when I was seven years old, my parents separated very abruptly, with no explanation at all. I was taken from my home in Florida to my grandparents' home in Midwest. My mother went to a nearby city to work, and my father, being alcoholic, simply went. My grandparents were strangers to me, and I remember being lonely, terrified, and hurt. In time, I concluded that the reason I was hurt was because I loved my parents, and I concluded, too, that if I never allowed myself to love anybody or anything, I could never be hurt again. It became second nature for me to remove myself from anything or anybody I found myself growing fond of. I grew up believing that one had to be totally self-sufficient for one never dared to depend on another human being. I thought that life was a pretty simple thing. You simply made a plan for your life based upon what you wanted, and then you needed only the courage to go after it. <clears throat> In my late teens, I became aware of emotions I'd not counted on. Restlessness, anxiety, fear, and insecurity. The only kind of security I knew anything about at that time was material security. And I decided that all these intruders would vanish immediately if I only had a lot of money. The solution seemed very simple. With cold calculation, I set about to marry a fortune, and I did. Uh, the only thing that changed, however, was my surroundings. And it was soon apparent that I could have the same uncomfortable emotions with an unlimited checking account that I could own a working girl's salary. It wasn't possible for me to say at this point, maybe there is something wrong with my philosophy. And I certainly couldn't say, maybe there is something wrong with me. It was not difficult to convince myself that my unhappiness was the fault of the man I had married and I divorced him at the end of the year. 
That was very a divorce again before I was 23 years old. <clears throat> At the time I was uh, promoted a band leader, and whom many women uh, wanted, I thought in the world would give me ego strength and give let me feel what, uh, what let me feel wanted and secure, and after elevated my fears, uh, but not. But again, nothing changed in my, uh, inside me. The only importance of what, uh, uh, in all of this lies in the fact that 20, uh, at 23, I was, I was just sick and I was 33 when I came in, into AA, but at the time I, I apparently had, place, had no place to go because I had no drinking problem. I had been Unable, I've been able to explain a psychiatrist, psychiatrist of the feelings of infertility, of loneliness, and lack of purpose uh, that had come into into my deep sense of personal failure. And and at the second divorce, I sincerely doubt that a good doctor could uh, have convinced of me of my basic problems. It was a spiritual hunger. But AA showed me that this is the truth, and that I've been able to turn the church of at the, at the time. Uh, may, may, uh, I'm sure they could not have convinced me of sickness and what was within myself, nor could I have uh, shown me the the need for self analysis that AA has shown me. A vital, uh, if I am able to survive, so I had to place. I had no place to go, or it seemed like, or it seemed to me. Uh, where am I? I lost my place. Oh, I wasn't afraid of anything, but or anybody. After I learned about drinking in a second, and it seemed like the right of uh, being the. That, that the liquor, I could always retire and to my little private world uh, where nobody could get out, get at me to hurt me. It seems only fitting that I would be that 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 it did my finally fall in love. It was with alcohol, or with an alcoholic. I'm sorry. Uh, in the next the next ten years, I progressed rapidly and hum, as a humbly possible into uh, into what I believe the uh, hope, hopelessness of alcoholism. Amen. During this time, our country was at war. My husband was soon in uniform and among the first to go overseas. My reaction to this was identical in many respects. To my reactions to my parents leaving me when I was in I was seven, apparently I grown physically at the customary rate of speed, and I had acquired an average amount of intellect training in the intervening years. But three, but there had been no mo- emotional maturity at all. I realize now that this phase of my development had been arrested by my obsession with self and my egocentricity had reached such proportions that adjustments to anything outside my personal control was impossible for me. I was immersed in self-pity and resentment 
and the only people who would support this attitude or who I felt understood me at all were the people I met in bars and the ones who drank as I did. It became more and more necessary to escape from myself for my remorse and shame and humility when I was sober were almost unbearable. When I was sober were almost unbearable. The only way existence was possible was through rationalizing every sober moment and drinking myself into complete oblivion, oblivion as often as I could. My husband eventually returned, but it was not long until we realized we could not continue our marriage. By this time, I was such a past master at kidding myself that I had convinced myself I had set out a war and waited for this man to come home. And as my resentment and self-pity grew, so did my alcoholic problem. Pass. Okay, where did Rick go? Oh, he'll be back. Uh, 247. Oh, the last three years. Okay, the last three years of my drinking, I drank on my job. The amount of willpower exercised to control my drinking during working hours diverted into a constructive channel would have made me president. And the thing that made the willpower possible was the knowledge that as soon as my day was finished, I could drink myself into oblivion. Inside, though, I was scared to death, for I knew that the time was coming, and it couldn't be too remote, when I would be unable to hold that job. Maybe I wouldn't be able to hold any job, or maybe, and this was my greatest fear, I wouldn't care whether I had a job or not. I knew it didn't make any difference where I started. The inevitable end would be skid row. The only reality I was able to face had been forced upon me by its very repetition. I had to drink, and I didn't know there was anything in the world that could be done about it. At this time, I met a man who had three motherless children, and it seemed that might be a solution to my problem. I never had never had a child. And this had been a satisfactory excuse many times for my drinking. It seemed logical to me that if I married this man and took the responsibility for these children, that they would keep me sober. So I married again. This caused a comment from one of my AA friends when I told my story after coming to the program that I'd always been a cinch for the program, for I'd always been interested in mankind. I was just taking them one man at a time. Children kept me sober for darn near three weeks, and then it went on, please God, my last drunk. I've heard it said many times in AA, there is just one good drunk in every alcoholic's life, and that's the one that brings us into AA. Um, and I believe it. I was drunk for 60 days around the clock. And it was my intention literally to drink myself to death. I went to jail for the second time during this period for being drunk in an automobile. I was the only person I'd ever known personally who had ever been in jail. And I guess it was it is most significant that the second time was less humiliating, humiliating 
than the first had been. I guess Rick could make it back here. Okay, Cass? Yeah, I guess. I hope I didn't interrupt him. Did I interrupt him? No, I don't think so. I thought he was done. Hopefully he had an emergency or his phone died out. Finally, in desperation, my family appealed to a doctor for advice, and he suggested AA. The people who came knew immediately I was in no condition to absorb anything in the program. I was put in a sanitarium to be defogged so that I could make a sober decision about this for myself. It was here that I realized that for the first time that as a practicing alcoholic, I had no rights. Society can do anything it chooses to do with me when I am drunk, and I can't lift a finger to stop it. For I forfeited my rights through the simple expedition of becoming a menace to myself and to the people around me. With deep shame came the knowledge, too, that I had lived with no sense of social obligation, nor had I known the meaning of moral responsibility to my fellow man. I attended my first meeting eight years ago, and it was with deep gratitude that I'm able to say I had not had a drink since that time and that I take no sedation or narcotics. For this program is to me one of complete sobriety. I no longer need to escape reality. One of the truly great things AA has taught me is that reality too has two sides. I had only known the grim side before the program, but now I had a chance to learn about the pleasant side as well. The AA members who sponsored me told me in the beginning that I would not only find a way to live without having a drink, but that I would find a way to live without wanting to drink. If I would do these simple things, they said, if you want to know how this program works, take the first word of your question. The H is for loneliness. The O is for open-mindedness. And the W is for willingness. This is our big book. This is what our big book calls. These are our big book calls the essentials of recovery. They suggest that I study the AA book and try to take the 12 states according to the explanations in the book. For it was their opinion that the applications of these principles in our daily lives will get us sober and keep us, keep us sober. I believe this, and I believe too that it, it is equally important to practice these principles to the best of our ability a day at a time, and st still drink, for I don't think the two things are compatible. Excuse me, let me read that again. I believe this, and I believe that too, that it is equally impossible to practice these principles to the best of our ability a day at a time and still drink, for I don't think the two things are compatible. Pass. <laughs> I've lost my place. Uh, 550, first paragraph. Okay. And my eye, I had to rest my eye. I had no problem admitting I was powerless over alcohol. And I certainly agreed that my life had become unmanageable. I had only to reflect on the contrast between the plans I made so many years ago for my life with what really happened to know I couldn't manage my life drunk or sober. AA taught me that willingness to believe was enough for a beginning. It's been true in my case, nor could I quiet, quarrel with restore us to sanity. 
from my actions, drunk or sober, before AA, were not those of a sane person. My desire to be honest with myself made it necessary for me to realize that my thinking was irrational. It had to be, or I could not have justified my erratic behavior as I did. I've been benefited from a dictionary definition I found that reads, rationalization is giving a socially acceptable reason for socially unacceptable behavior and socially unacceptable behavior is a form of insanity. AA has given me serenity of purpose and the opportunity to be of service to God and to the people about me. And I am serene in the infallibility of these principles that provide the fulfillment of my purpose. Go ahead, I'm going to grab my eye drops. I'm listening. Go ahead. Okay, AA has taught me that I will have peace of mind in exact proportion to the peace of mind I bring into the lives of other people. And it has taught me the true meaning of the admonition, happy are you who know these things and do them. For the only problems I have now are those I create when I break out in rash of self-will. I have many spiritual experiences since. I've been in the program many that I didn't recognize right away. For I am slow to learn, and they take many guesses. Guises. But one, one was so outstanding that I like to pass it on whenever I can in the hope that it will help someone else. It has me, as it has. As I said earlier, self-pity and resentment were my constant companions. My inventory began to look like a 33-year-old diary, for I seemed to have a resentment against everybody I had ever known. All but one respond to the treatment suggested in the step immediately. But this one posed a problem. This resentment was against my mother, and it was 25 years old. I have fed it, fanned it, and nurtured it as one might a delicate child. And it had become as much part of me as my breathing. It had provided me with excuses for my lack of education, my marital failures, personal failures, inadequacy, and, of course, my alcoholism. And though I really thought I had been willing to take part with it, now I knew I was reluctant to let it go. One morning, however, I realized I had to get rid of it for my reprieve was running out and I didn't get rid of it. If I didn't get rid of it, I was going to get drunk and I didn't want to get drunk anymore. And my prayers that morning, I asked God to point out to me some way to be free of this resentment. During the day, a friend of mine brought me some magazines to take, uh, to take to a hospital group I was interested in. I looked through them, a banner across one feature, an article by a prominent clergyman in which I caught the word resentment. Go ahead, I pass. He said, in effect, if you have resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them, and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and to want it for them. 
you'll realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then. It has worked for me many times since. And it will work for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous, and everything I need I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find it was just what I wanted all the time. The end. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let's go ahead and start our commenting. Um, I really enjoyed this reading of the... Uh, it says where, where she says that uh, the psychiatrist told him that uh, because of that way she grew up, that's the way she was, but AA told her the truth. Uh, it was how she responded to these situations because you have a litter of individuals growing up in the same family. And and I kind of responded both ways. I responded, what about me? What about me? And then I was helpful. I was helpful. You know, so I kind of had two mixtures together growing up in an alcoholic home. <clears throat> and my mom not knowing how she was going to put uh, bread and butter in the table or beans and rice. Uh, <clears throat> I wish, amen. So it was pretty crazy where I grew up. And, uh, what page it, are you on? Oh, I was on um, page 546, where it says, okay. and the only importance in all this lies in the fact that at 23, I was just as sick as I was at 33 when I oh, came yeah. into AA. <clears throat> but at that time, I apparently had no place to go because I had no drinking problem. Had I been able to explain to a psychiatrist the feeling of futility, loneliness, and lack of purpose, that had come with my deep sense of personal failure at this second divorce. I seriously doubt, here it is, this is the part of like, I seriously doubt that the good doctor could have convinced me that my basic problem was a spiritual hunger. But AA has shown me this was the truth. I'm sure they could not convince me of my sickness was within myself, nor could they have shown me that the need for self-analysis AA has shown me is what is vital if I am to survive. So I had no, I like that. I had no place to go or it seemed to me. And that was my conclusion too. I had no place to go. But you, that DN. Okay. I'm Kimberly, I'm an alcoholic. And you know, I say, uh, later she had said something that her uh, diary looked like, a, or her Inventory looked like a 30-year-old diary or something. I don't know what page that was on, but uh -huh. that reminded me. You know, I had a... I know several, like, 40, 50 pages on my first one. People don't have to do that, though. If they can't do that, there's a shorter way to do it. You can get through. My dad did a shorter, a much shorter one, and he was fine. But some, some people have to express themselves a lot more, and that's all right. But you can always, you know, go back and do another one in six months. Um, 
know why I'm saying that. I just had always, you know, kind of been concerned that people get upset about having to do that inventory. And, you know, it shows that um, she was, you know, but she doesn't go on to say what happened. I don't think she says what happened to the marriage and all that stuff. But, you know, you get the point that she had a significant amount of, um, um, oh, here we go. I've been on 551. I've had many spiritual experiences since I've been in the program, many that I didn't recognize right away, for I'm slow to learn, and they take many guises. But one was so outstanding that I like to pass it on when I can and hope that it'll help. And so that's interesting is that she said, since I, uh, I've had many spiritual experiences since I've been in the program, and I can relate to that too. I've had uh, many of them, and, you know, I really ought to write them out. Um I got a brand new journal with the cute pages on it to start to keep track of the service that I'm doing um, beyond my, uh, well, you know, AA saved my life a couple times. So I, I do have a, a repayment to AA that when I had gotten resentful, resentful a couple months ago, I felt, you know, I don't want to go back and be hurt by these people. and. I just can't do that. I gotta get well. I gotta take care of myself, and yada yada. But the bottom line is, you know, once you get feeling well enough, you really do have to get back in and start uh, making a contribution. And uh, that's the reason I go in and share my experience, strength, and hope as much as I can. And then I come back here. You know, I don't have to come back and read this over and over again. I, I pretty much know it by heart. I know all, but I'm making a contribution. See, and it's also teaching me. You know, I could come in here two, three days a week now, and I make a, a commitment to do that. And I, I got to tell you, you know, if I look back on my history too, the only thing I've ever done for the, for a real length of time has been Alcoholics Anonymous. That's the longest thing I did. You know, I did relapse after 15 years, which is a nightmare. Um, but you know, some, I, I don't feel bad about that. You know, I, for a while I had a lot of shame about it, but now I understand why more about myself here, you know, and my, my, um, some of us just have some, so much more mental, uh, issues than, than we just won't. And then also, you know, I thought about myself, just won't listen and do what, do what was required, what required of me. And, um, you know, that in concert with the things that happened in my job and life, and I'm just going on and on here, but my point was that mainly to say that, you know, these things that happen to us in AA that, that uh, you know, we hear a lot of drunkologues in AA. And, and we also need to hear about the spiritual experience with people, I believe, more or just as much. You know, they talk about, you know, share in a general way what it was like, what used to be like, what happened, and what it's like now, just generally. And, uh, you know, not to do too much depth. But people do, they, they, because that's their personal thing. They want to want to forget what it was like. I know what it was like, and I know what it was like for you and everybody else. I, I heard enough nightmares. But, um, you know, I'm also learning that other people have a program they work on their own. And uh, other people have, uh, says, spiritual experience. She has many spiritual experiences. I'd like to hear what those were for her. Those are in our book called Came to Believe, too. Somebody was reading that at a meeting last night. Good book. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I have that book um, for an alcoholic came to believe. As a matter of fact, I have about twelve of them, and we use them for. <laughs> uh, with the, we used to use them when we ran a uh, a meeting with those books. 
then uh, extremely deep spiritually spiritual experiences amen so our aa has given me a new pair of glasses i uh I, again i can see that uh i am a thousand times better today uh, mentally physically and emotionally because of these words i like what she says that uh, these words are not compatible with drinking you know if you're honestly applying this these this program these words uh they don't mix together you know everyone has said a head full of aa and a mouth a stomach full of alcohol they don't mix you know what page is that uh, let me see um i don't know i lost it i'm kind of Oh, right here, page 550, the top, it says, uh, where, where it says, and I believe, too, that it is equally impossible, right before the first paragraph, I believe this, and I believe, too, that it is equally impossible to practice these principles to the best of our ability at day at a time and still drink, but I don't think the two things are compatible. You know, that's when she's saying the how. She said, uh, She's drinking that acronym, I believe. She's saying, uh, they said, if you want to know how this program works, take the first word of your question, how. The H is for honesty. The O is for open-mindedness. And the W is for willingness. Mm -hmm. These are big book calls the essentials of recovery. They suggested that I study the AA book and try to take the 12 steps according to the explanation of this book, for it was their opinion that the application of these principles in our daily lives will get us sober and keep us sober. Amen. I love it. You see it? Yes, I do. I highlighted that. Amen. So I want to thank you very much uh, for coming in today. That's 30 minutes of today's reading of page 544 in the AA Big Book, Freedom from Bondage, where we can get rid of resentments through prayer. Any party thoughts? No, pretty much just, um, you know, I think having had, you know, setting aside in that set aside prayer setting aside what i think i know and then you know i like that um that open you talked about in how the open mind um it's just that you know this i honesty too honestly i could have been more open-minded even in and because I think about how well I've done and how hard I tried, and I really did. But we don't see, we don't like to look at ourselves always. We don't like to look at our mistakes and our deficiencies. And yet the, the um, what do you call that? Uh, not a paradigm. Uh, we don't like to look at our deficiencies, but, but we beat ourselves up a lot. Right. Now, now that doesn't make any sense, does it? No, but we do. We, uh, for some reason, we, we... alcoholics are very, very hard on ourselves. 
and and so that we don't want to look at our deficiencies that'll give us freedom from them because they can be removed like we said root and branch a root and yeah um and so it's a strange disease you know i mean i'm giving away out but yet i just don't you know can't tell me what to do you know i mean it's a it's a sad sad uh a disease, you know, and it, it talks about that in our 12 and 12 defiance is the outstanding, is an outstanding characteristic of an alcoholic. And it is so true. Uh, we want to do it our way. And uh, I have a lot of that in me. I have to be honest with you there. And uh, it, it comes from fear, right? I mean, fear that I'm going to be hurt again. And so I'm working as hard as I can to get rid of those fears and do do everything I'm supposed to do. But you know, you can't you can't milk blood out of a turnip. We can only evolve at the rate that we evolve, really. Can't you know, I mean God can give us a lot, a lot. But he also wants us to learn from these things that we we're here from. We hear you know, I think you said that before, haven't you? That God wants us to learn. And I see we have less than one minute here. All right, well let's go ahead and amen. God wants us to learn and keep learning. Thank you. Very good. That's very good party thoughts. Let's pray the uh, serenity prayer, please, again. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works if you work. Thank you.